What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football coming to you now at the end of week seven. Pretty much how I start off every weekly recap. We're already here. This past week, I lost a lot of games from what I predicted on Thursday. Treese won a lot more. So I just keep falling farther and farther behind. Treese. How you doing it, man? Pretty good, man. We haven't spoken in a long time. We haven't spoken since our last episode, actually. Today was the first time we'd said anything to each other. It kind of it was, and it was kind of awkward. Like it got to a point where I was just like, maybe he's just mad at me. Maybe I did something. Maybe I predicted something right. And I was like, I'm sure he's busy, and I was super busy. And then today I was like, I'm gonna send him a message. I need to text Trees. I need to text Trees. And then I just never got to it. It's fine. I'm not mad at you. We we were just busy. You're you're doing all these all these fun things in St. Louis, like haunted houses, not fun. Ferris wheels was pretty like, cool. Like all sorts of good things. Yeah. So my girlfriend tells me, "Hey, I bought us tickets to a haunted house." I'm like, "Shit." Like, okay, I'm not a fan of haunted houses because my mindset is. You never know which person's going to be the psychopath that's real and actually has a prop in their hand that's not a prop, right? So that's always my thought going through it, and plus just random shit jumping at me. My initial reaction is to scream, oh, fuck, or God damn it, and then punch it. But right before I go to punch, I got to go, it's not real, and I got to hold it in, and then Lauren just dies laughing at me. So for her, it's an enjoyable time. The difference with this week was is the fact that, or not this week, this year, is that it wasn't just one haunted house. It was one haunted facility that had 13 different haunted houses in it. It took us an hour and a half. An hour and a half of being scared straight. Does anyone fucking enjoy that? Yeah, a lot of people do. Not me. (laughs) But Lauren sure did, and I'm glad she had a great time. She spent some money on it more than I would have liked her to. But damn, by the end of it, we were just kind of like, you know, it was good. It it got to a point where I wasn't even scared anymore. It was like I was trying to judge it. I was like, hey, that was pretty scary. But you could have done more and probably had me crying because I was getting to that point of it. And I this is another thing here. Everyone listening, this is the secret on how to get through a haunted house. Walk quickly enough where the people that are doing the actors that are doing the scaring can't scare you but when they see you you have time to go hey the people behind us are super scared the whole fucking time the people behind me are like oh my god i feel like they're just out to get me i swear they're just really paying attention to me tonight and i'm just sitting in front of them like listen like no shit because i'm telling them to (laughs) (laughs) so i i got there were some parts where i was really scared we ended up being the first ones through the house or we would be right at the end so i was able to kind of set everything up but other than that, the weekend was pretty enjoyable. Now, Treese, it sounds like you had a pretty good time, too. And you just kept getting higher and higher and higher above sea level. So go ahead and tell us what exactly you were doing there. I didn't know where you were going with that. Um, but, I didn't either. <laughs> um, yeah, so Saturday, went side-by-side riding up into the mountains pretty good time started down low at the bottom of the mountain and up driving all the way up on top of a mountain and then all the way back down into a city that a lot of people know called park city and had a nice little lunch there some whiskey and then came all the way back and it's about a three and a half hour drive over up over the mountain and back down and uh it's a good time we left. Luckily, I was prepared, but we left, and it was nice and sunny and a nice day. And then by the time we started heading back, it was snowing. So that's always fun. I went where I was just wearing just a light jacket on the way there to a full winter coat on the way back so I didn't freeze to death. So that's always fun. What is the temperature difference being that high up? Did you uh, like? Were you able to track it? or? I don't, but I can tell you. So it's usually about 20... About, 15 degrees cooler up there than it is like down in the valley. Wow. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Yeah. So are you going, are you like flying the entire time up the mountain and down the mountain or are you very controlled and driving? So you just pretty much don't die. 
Uh, a little bit of both. It depends. Like when it's straight away and I know that there's no other cars or anything coming by, I, I like to speed it up a little bit. And then when not, then I go slow. All righty. <laughs> you look confused. <laughs> like you say cars, like are there just freaking trucks driving up this damn thing too? Yeah, there's trucks, there's side-by-sides, motorcycles, whatever. Oh, so the, oh, okay, so this is just a normal thing to do. Yeah, dude, that's this is Utah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing this weekend? I, I, you know, man, just probably going up the mountain, coming back down. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that's what it is. Dude, it's got some amazing views. I should have taken pictures for you. It's awesome. I'm surprised you didn't. It must not have been that good of a day if you weren't taking pictures. Or I really did something to piss you off. I mean, honest. Do you want me to honestly tell you? Oh, sure. I just I haven't known how to respond and talk to you ever since the whole Patrick Mahomes thing. I didn't like. I wanted to give you your space. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> uh, the worst part was, is for some reason, I felt like it was my fault. I felt like I had done something to cause some bad juju on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So, I don't know exactly what it was that I did to cause the bad GG, but for some reason I was sitting there as a fan going, what have I done or said that would cause this to happen? Can't figure it out. All I know is I'm going to just start really focusing on everything that I do before the start of the game so I can just erase any possibility of any negative juju on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But reports coming out do make it seem a lot better. I guess now we can kind of get into the show here and what everything is. Um, the, the reports came out. I'm sure you guys all know he's got three to five weeks. Personally, I hope they keep him out until December 1st, which is a home game against the Raiders. Just because the ankle injury, the knee injury, the possibility of it getting re-dislocated if anything is to happen and him throwing off platform the way he takes shots. I would much rather just know that everything is completely fine and good to go instead of just coming back because, Hey, this week I felt good. You know what I mean? I want everything to be set in stone and solid and ready to go for him and allow the chiefs to figure everything else out. Allow their defense to kind of get reorganized, figure out their personnel grouping, which they did against the Broncos. We'll take a deeper dive into that here in a little bit, but I was upset with the Patrick Mahomes injury. I was really, really nervous that it was a lot worse than what it was. But seeing him walk off the field, seeing him walking on his own in the locker room inside the stadium, going to the MRI, getting the x-ray, coming out, and then the pregame or the postgame speech to his teammates, all just kept adding to the point of, hey, the Chiefs are going to be fine. And in that defensive performance and watching the Chiefs go, it was just kind of like, hey, we're still playing football. Like This is still happening. Just because Patrick Mahomes is out doesn't mean our season is over. In a way, it definitely does. But everyone else stepped up and made plays when they needed to, and that was awesome to see as a Chiefs fan. It's like you were able to notice how everyone else realized the past mistakes that were made. You know what I mean? The simple middle errors that were taking place that I've been talking about for the Chiefs defense was corrected this week. A lot of it, I think, had to do with the quarterback for the Broncos and Joe Flacco. Should I just go ahead and go into like the full recap of this? I mean, I pretty much am, but... I was going to say, aren't you already? <laughs> <laughs> so, with, with Joe Flacco and the Broncos, it's amazing how different the Kansas City Chiefs defense looks when teams are forced to be in a throwing situation. When they're in a third and eight, in a third and seven, or a third and ten plus, you know what I mean? And they're not in a a third and three or four where the quarterback can evade and go get the first down. Joe Flacco had several opportunities to do that and didn't take advantage of it, and the pass rush got there. The other thing with the Chiefs' defense, they have figured out or sort of started to figure out the personnel groupings of which linebackers that are in on certain situations, which defense alignment are going in certain situations. They're moving guys all over the place, whether it's Colin Saunders, Derek Naughty, um, Ogba, Alex Okafor, Tano Passanio, Frank Clark was even playing a nose tackle at one point. Like They're just getting mixed and moved around, and then you have the linebackers switching out. Ben Neiman, uh, Anthony Hitchens, Reggie Ragland got some playing time. Darren Lee was getting figured out, 
or look to be figuring everything out. And it's just seeing that growth within everyone. Damien Wilson made a couple plays. Still a couple mental errors are there, but they're putting they're getting put in spots to succeed and do their best. And that's what you have to be excited for as a Chiefs fan moving forward is seeing them figured out on the defensive side. And the secondary did not look bad at all. Charverius Ward looked good. Rashawn Fitton is looking good. Um, if you listen to the broadcast, I kept calling him Felton. I was getting very pissed off because how are you announcer for Fox, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman, and you can't even say the names right as I fucking botched both of their names. But it was just, it's frustrating to watch a game and just see them mispronounce players when that's literally your job. You know what I mean? That's just what's frustrating to me with that aspect of it. But back to the Broncos. They are nothing without the running game. If their running game is not going, they are not looking good. They are not. Their offense is all out of sorts. Joe Flacco is not mobile. He's not going to keep a play alive. If it's there, it's there. Cortland Sutton is looking like a true number one receiver. And then other than that, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do because Joe Flacco is just not the guy. And you're winning games and you're losing games. I mean, you can either tank the rest of the season and figure it out or – you're going to have some success, and you're going to find a 5-10 to 10 pick in the draft. But you're not going to be in any situation where you're picking in the top three unless you lose every game from here on out on purpose. Well, sounds like they're going to try to trade Emmanuel Sanders by, like, tomorrow. They really want to get him out before even this week starts. So, I mean, you don't have him. Even with only Sutton, I just – don't see what that offense is going to be able to do. So I guess my first question to you is, since you've already done the recap, I'm not going to recap any further. What, where do you think a good landing spot for Emmanuel Sanders is? I mean, it's got to be a team that had, that needs another receiving weapon. And I just, I mean, the Ravens possibly Seattle could be interesting. You put Lockett, Metcalf, and Sanders there. Otherwise, I mean, I really don't. The Colts, I mean, Pasco had a big game. There's no, for, no need for him to go there. Playoff contenders, the Rams don't aren't going to need him. I mean, where do you have? Where are your thoughts there? I could see, even though they've been doing fine, I could see Green Bay being interested. Mm-hmm. With the injuries that they're having, and I know MVS had a huge game this weekend with a couple big catches, but uh, like Allison and the him, like even MVS, they they haven't really produced that much this this season so far. Uh, Devontae Adams still injured, so I could see someone like him. I could see the Saints just saying, "Fuck it, let's go, let's get this, let's get somebody opposite of Michael Thomas." Um, jeez, I don't know who else. I mean, there's maybe the the Giants just for whatever fucking reason, unless you're not really wanting to win any more games. The Bills, I think, would be a great spot for them. Yep. Um, the other team that I th- I'm looking at are the Lions. Marvin Jones had a big game, but outside of him, who do they have in a receiving weapon to kind of open the field up? Galladay's really pretty nobody. Good, right? Huh? Galladay's pretty damn good at opening the field. He's a good deep threat. Yeah, but it just you're not seeing any production there like you would see with Sanders. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Sanders is going to hang on to those tough catches. And Galladay, I believe he had a couple drops that really put the lines in tough situations to kind of succeed afterwards. Yeah. Um, That's a great question, though. I mean, really. Yeah. Are the Jags? The Jags won't take them. Yeah. D.D. Westbrook looked pretty damn good, let me tell you there. Nice to have him back. Made a lot of big plays. Yeah, he sure did. He absolutely did. Uh, Maybe the Niners? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. They might be happy with what they're doing. I could see him fitting in so well with the Cardinals offense. I wanted to say the Cardinals, they're just not going to be a playoff contender. So why why get rid of a draft pick? For sure. On an aging receiver. No, I agree. Especially when they're losing one already in Fitzgerald after the season, probably when he retires. Oh, here's a team we haven't said. The Philadelphia Eagles. But do you think they actually need that? I mean, I know they've looked like shit lately, but they have Deshaun Jackson. They're just waiting for him to get healthy. Did you see that effort play by Nelson Aguilar that was not efforted on? Yeah. 
Like that's, I mean, that's a catchable ball. Yeah. And he had his hands out, and it's like he pulled them back, going like, "Nope." Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. One another one. Hmm. What if? I mean, the quarterback's not going to get him the ball, but what about the Bears? Yeah. Get, some, get somebody opposite of Allen Robinson. Like that Anthony Miller's not panning out right now. They they don't like what what else do they have opposite of Allen Robinson at this point? What the, you know what the Bears are going to do? They're going to get rid of Anthony Miller at some point because he's not producing and he's going to go to another team like the Colts or the Patriots and he's just going to go the fuck off. Yeah, most likely. Yep. I I agree with that. <laughs> like they're going to be like, man, he's just not catching the ball. Well, I mean, you want him to catch the ball on his fingertips along the sideline while watching a safety come barreling down on him? Because I'll tell you what, I ain't making that fucking catch either. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to move on to our next game. Uh, let's try and go over the prop bets. Uh, it was a rough week for all of us. You went two for eight. I went three for eight. It wasn't pretty. It was. Yeah. It, I mean, the Mahomes injury really kind of threw everything off. So there's that. Uh, Pickums. I don't remember the number, but like you said at the start, I got you by a few games again this week. But um, let's just move on to game two. And that is Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons versus Jalen Ramsey and the Los Angeles Rams. Before we even get into this, how are you after the Ramsey trade? Because I haven't talked to you either. We talked about this last episode. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't ask you personally because I waited for the show and then I completely Correct. forgot about it. Correct. So we're good. Are you still okay? Yeah, I'm still okay. I mean, you know, watching him ball out was like, yep, that's why he's my guy. That's why he's and my guy. But My other um, question, are you a Rams fan now? Am I a Rams fan? No. No. That looks like a yes. That was a yes face. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Rams thinking fan. thinking about it. Was I rooting for them? Yeah, I was rooting for them. And You're I was, a Rams fan. No, I'm a Jags fan. You should have watched me during that Jags game, and you would have been like, yeah, be still Jags fan. <laughs> um, but I 100%. I had three games mainly on during that, and it was, it was Red Zone, the Jags game, and the Rams game, and I was – keying on wherever Ramsey was at for sure for sure so um I'll just dive into this one uh Falcons defense yep still awful uh how is it how is it Monday night and Dan Quinn hasn't been fired I don't know it's it doesn't make any sense to me Matt Ryan uh, that that offensive line was just so. I'm not gonna put this one on Matt Ryan. Like that offensive line was so bad. Like he was getting hit left and right. Ended up leaving the game with an injury. Like that defensive line was just ripping them apart every single play. Like he had he couldn't do anything. And then Devontae Freeman decided he was gonna try to uh, man up against <laughs> Donald. Uh, that that didn't go over well. Uh, and uh, he got he got booted out of the game, and then I tweeted about it. But man, Ramsey and Julio were going at it, and for the first time ever, I saw Julio Jones talking shit and like chirping back at somebody. And of course, it's Jalen. It was it was awesome. Uh, Jalen ended up giving up. I think it was three catches for like sixty yards on the game altogether. But he forced a fumble. And he he made it so Julio could not have those like usual like sideline toe tap catches that he normally has. He was being so physical with him that he couldn't get he couldn't pull those off. So uh, overall, I mean, they both got the best of each other a few times. Uh, obviously, you got to say advantage Jalen at the end of it, but I think that a lot of that is due to the defensive line of the Rams. I completely agree with you. Um. And I like how you mentioned how this game isn't on Matt Ryan because that I also agree with because there are a lot of people going, oh, the, the Falcons might be looking for a quarterback in early in the draft. If you're blaming any of these struggles on Matt Ryan, you are not watching him play. You are not watching this atrocious play calling. You are not watching this offensive lineman go, hey, we got a guy back there that's worth over $100 million. You want to just a free shot at him? 
yeah. mean, I'll let I'll let you have them. Just act like you're doing a swing move, and I'll go, oh no, and then you can go. That's pretty much what the Falcons' offensive line is doing. Their defense is so shitty. There's nothing else for me to add here. But Goff, I mean, he had a good game, but is it because the Falcons' defense is that bad? I mean, that my one question is: Is Goff only good against bad teams? That offense still looked out of sync to me. I think they were starting to figure it out with giving the ball to Gurley and stuff, but overall I still felt like the offense just isn't quite there. I mean, that's all I have to say. Like, I just feel like it's like it's almost like it's a work in progress. Uh, very similar to like year one of McVay where they had some good games, they had some not-so-good games, and they're kind of like at that, but in a sense, they are rebuilding the way that they're playing because they don't have Gurley to rely on for 25 to 30 touches a game. Yeah, and I, I want to touch up on that. Another thing I want to add quickly here is Gerald Everett had a breakout game. And of course, he doesn't when I'm predicting or trying to make a decision on do I want to start him on my fantasy team or not. Because last week, I decided to, and he didn't do shit. And then this week, he's like, hey, I'm going to have a couple tutties and some big plays. Suck it, Austin. And that's exactly what he said. But... I saw a stat here, and I don't have the exact numbers with me, but it showed Todd Gurley usually through five or six games has almost 120 carries at this point. And, like, right now he has, I think it was below 85. If you're the Rams, you you have to be okay with that. I mean, we're still at a point in the season where they're in full control of their season and their destiny heading in the playoffs. And if you can lower his touches by 40 at this point, like those 40 touches are going to make a huge difference at the end of the year and end of the playoffs. And when you're fighting for um, a Super Bowl, especially, I mean, and it's going to be against the Saints. It's going to be the Saints or the Vikings. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. I don't think it's the Packers are still going to fight. But right now, what I'm seeing, those are going to be the other two teams in the NFC that are really going to be making a huge difference later into the year. Yeah. I think they're totally fine with it. They're now the veteran team where they don't need to have, like, they don't need to have home field all the way through. Obviously, you want it, but they, I think they feel comfortable like, hey, we can win anywhere. Like, this, That's the type of team we have. Exactly. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our next game here, Miami versus Buffalo. My dumbass decided to take Buffalo in this game thinking they would win by 17 because I've already said I couldn't trust the Dolphins. My gut was telling me take the Dolphins. But I lied and said that my gut was telling me to take the Bills. When I said my gut's telling me to take the Bills, in the back of my mind it was, should have taken the Dolphins. Like, that literally crossed my mind. And the Dolphins kept it close, so Treese gets the W here on the 17-point spread for the Bills. This game was really kind of a sloppy game. Like, Josh Allen didn't look okay, like, didn't look his best. But he's, he's got to learn to throw the ball away. He's keeping plays alive too long, and if you're keeping them alive that long and you're just running backwards and running circles, like you're not helping yourself out there. You're not going to just all of a sudden look upfield and go, wow, there's a wide-open guy, because your receivers have probably stopped running because they realize you're not even looking for him. You're just running circles and stiff-arming linebackers to eventually just get sacked. So that was kind of something I saw. The Dolphins, they're going to win a game this year. Like, they're just going to. They made a lot of mistakes. They had some turnovers that led to the Bills' defense making some plays as well. And then Fitzgerald, this is my last note on this game. Did you see his rushing touchdown there at the end? Yeah. That dude's got to have a concussion, right? Like, he about broke his fucking neck. Yeah. No, I'm with you. (laughs) Like, I was watching it, and I literally go, oh, shit. (laughs) Because he just watches his head, you it's like one of those pezzes, right? When you know you tilt the head back and you pull out a piece of candy. Yep. That's exactly what his head did. Just boop, take a piece. It is. It really is. And yeah, I'm with you on the Dolphins winning game. I've I've said it how many times that they're gonna accidentally win two games this year. Like accidentally. They're gonna accidentally win one back. Fuck. That's all right. It's only one game. We're still good. And then <laughs> once then they're gonna do it again back. Ah, oh, we just fucked ourselves. And I wasn't saying that to try and take it away from you. I know you've been saying it. I just didn't no. reiterate it there. I wasn't thinking that. So you're good. All right. We're good. We're good. Perfect. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? Nope. Nope. Okay. Our next game, the Jaguars versus the Bengals. I have a ton of notes on this, and I do have a question or two for you, Treese. 
But I want you to go ahead and break it down since this is your team. All right. Uh, defense decided to show up in the second half. It was nice to see. the first. I mean, they played great the first half as well. They really struggled to guard the slot receiver Erickson the first half. He had 100 yards in the first half. Uh, that was super frustrating to watch Boye play soft on him and like just kind of give them that touchdown right before the half. Uh, but overall, I was super happy with just the way they were playing. Even at halftime when they were down, I was like, hey, it's all right. I, we, we see where they're at. We see what they're doing. And then obviously in the second half, they just came to play, really got the pressure, caused three interception and four passing attempts. One, Yannick Ngakwe to the house. Been saying it. Pay the man. Like, let's make this happen. Uh, Miles Jack finally getting one. They were putting him in a lot of tough situations on having to guard guys one-on-one. And I know a lot of Jags fans are, like, super upset with Miles Jack this year. And he hasn't been playing up to the contract this year. Uh, but they also have been making him do everything from the linebacking core. So, uh, tough spot, but good for him. Uh, going to the offensive side Leonard Fournette man this is like this is what everybody was expecting when they drafted him fourth overall like he's leading the NFL in rushing right now given McCaffrey's had a bye and he hasn't I understand that but it is what it is at this exact moment he's leading the NFL in rushing he's averaging five yards a carry uh Conley finally started going. He'd had a couple couple rough games in a row, but they were kind of forcing him the ball, getting him going. Uh, this this offense just opens up when that happens, and then uh, DJ Chark. He's just he's just a stud, man. I I really like him, and like you said, DD Westbrook was making all the tough plays. What I love about DD Westbrook is he's so small that like he'll catch this. He'll always catch thing something like down the sideline and like face up against a defender, like defender trying to like make a wall. So he can't get the first down and they're thinking, okay, this guy's so small. The moment he runs into me, I'll just take him down. And Didi always gets lower than everybody. And then puts his head right up a guy's chin. And I carries him like two or three yards. And I love it every single game. I love it. And also I want the Jags to trade the Rams number one overall pick for this year for a tight end, maybe OJ Howard. Oh, that's I like that. I think this offense needs one, right? Like Nick Foles obviously very is very, so. very good, right one. And I think Minshew's the same way. Like he started using O'Shaughnessy a couple weeks ago, just like that. And then O'Shaughnessy tore his ACL a couple weeks ago. I think they really need one. And I know they took Josh Oliver with the third in a third round pick. And yesterday, yeah, yesterday was his first game back. He only played a couple snaps, like kind of just getting into the groove of it. So I'm sure they want to see what they have out of him. But man, OJ Howard's just like an awesome talent at that position. Tampa Bay's clearly not using him. You know that uh, Arians would love another first round pick. Jags, like, if that's one of the needs you think that this offense like really does need why not like it's a for sure thing you know what he is that's really good uh what was the tight end name that you said that just played this week josh oliver from San i Jose think State. they should give him probably the rest of the, i mean don't trade right now for oj howard because the the bucks aren't going anywhere nothing against the jacks they're probably not going anywhere but give him an opportunity to really develop and see what he can do in this offense with Minshew. Because, I mean, you're right about O'Shaughnessy, and that's what I had remember saying was it sucked that he went down because he was starting to have a pretty good year. Um, but that helped, That would help out the Jaguars' offense tremendously. That would help out Fournette tremendously. And D.D. Westbrook, what you said there, that's very much Julian Edelman-esque type play. He's going to get the ball, short guy, you're going to look at him like, he ain't going to get the first down, just Boom, you take a shot, and there it is. The question that I had for you was going to be, are you happy with Fournette? And it, it sounds like you are at this point, but he has been very inconsistent. Like, I feel like one week you are you said, hey, we need more out of him, and then you said, this is exactly why we drafted him at pick number four, and then you're disappointed again, and then you just repeat this week. So, actually, I've been happy with him ever since the Thursday night game. 
which okay. was three and a half weeks ago now. Like he's had three or four straight games where I'm like, okay, you're playing well. You're finally doing, and the offense is putting him in situations to be successful. So, uh, I still wish he wouldn't stutter as much, but he's starting to just run downhill, which is great. Yep. Uh, switching to, or before I do that, the all white uniforms for the Jaguars are a thing of beauty. They are. They've between that and since we just covered the Bills, the red jerseys for the Bills and the all whites for the Jags are starting to become some of my favorite jersey combinations between the baby blue for the Chargers. Like those three are pretty damn solid. Um, with the Bengals in regard to this, we're not ignoring them. Like you, Trisha already mentioned, Eckerson, um, had a hell of a first half, really. Like they need to get him the ball. So you, now you have Boyd, Tate, and Eckerson with Joe Mixon as your running back. Find a tight end that's healthy. OJ Howard, that would be a good destination for him as well. But what lost the Bengals this game was turnovers. Like that's really what cost them. And so my other question that I have for you, Teresa, is what are the Bengals missing? Like what are they missing that has them competing? Besides the fact of just having a new coaching staff top to bottom on the scheme and kind of getting used to that. Like their defense, like what's missing on their defense as a secondary, as a linebackers, because their defensive line looked alive at the beginning of the game, which made the Jags offensive line look very poor. Like my first note here is Jags O-line, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then by the end of the game, they're just running the ball down their throat. So that's my question once again. What are the Bengals missing? to kind of turn into a team that can compete in the AFC North. They need one linebacker and one more offensive lineman, because let's not forget their first round pick Jonah Hill or Jonah Hill. That's an actor. Jonah Williams, right? That's his name. Jonah Williams, Alabama kid, Jonah Hill, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jonah Williams is out for the season. So they take him, take one more lineman. I think they're going to be good there. Uh, what's the what is the uh top linebacker's name? Uh, Simmons, right? Simmons. Yeah, from Clemson. Yeah. From Clemson, yeah. Yeah, that's Simmons. a good spot. Isaiah Isaiah Simmons, right? I couldn't yep. remember his first name. Isaiah Simmons would be an awesome fit there. And then second round, take another offensive lineman, get Williams back. All of a sudden, now your offensive line starting to go. You have uh Mixon, who's looking solid. Given, yeah, what what the fuck do you do at quarterback? I, I I understand that. Like that that's a serious problem. But it kind of depends on where they're drafting on if it's worth taking a quarterback at that what, point. What in going off of that, trade AJ Green, try and get like a second or get a first round pick if you can. Settle for no less than a second. Yeah. For maybe even if it's not like this draft, it's the next draft and then let Andy Dalton play another season, build off you can with those receivers on offensive line and mixing, and then you can, you're can you settling there with the option of Jake Fromm or Lawrence. So I think Dalton's a free agent after this year. They took the North Carolina State kid this year in the draft. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's not. Is it Finley? Yeah, it is Finley. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, and he looked good in the preseason. Maybe but... you just roll with him for a year. Build yeah. the team. Build the team around the quarterback. If he fails, who cares? Like you're drafting high. AJ and... Green to the Carolina Panthers, and they take Cam Newton. AJ Green for Cam Newton, straight up. You think that's a good trade? Sure is an interesting trade, that's for sure. Or do you think the Broncos want Cam Newton that bad that they just <laughs> they trade a first-rounder for him? I don't know. I think that LA <laughs> is obsessed with Drew Locke. I think he's just—I don't think that he wants to trade for Newton because I think he wants Locke to play. Oh, a lot to figure out there. That is for sure. The, yep. this, we're taking a little too long here on this game. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, we're fine. We're good. It's our fucking podcast. Uh, next game, Vikings versus the Lions here. Getting my notes looking at them. The Vikings play action is freaking crazy. Between Dalvin Cook, Diggs, and Thielen, and then you have Rudolph at tight end, an offensive line that's looking good. Are the Vikings 
almost as complete as the New Orleans Saints. We haven't gotten to the Saints yet like I thought we would. Um, for some reason, I thought we would cover them first. But I think the Saints are one of the most complete teams in the league. But then watching the Vikings play, I think the only thing that separates them from the Saints is their secondary on defense. Their linebacking core is big, fast, and strong. Their defensive line can get pressure. And then their offense, we've been seeing it the last couple of weeks on just erupting in the NFL. I mean, they're really going to make some noise for the NFC North. Yeah, they're going to win it. been saying that since the offseason. This team is legit. Yeah, you can look, you can look it up. I have them winning it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're trying to do here. You sure do. Um, but I'm like, I think that they are pretty, they're probably the second most complete NFC team. I still think the Saints are more complete. Uh, the question is, is it them or the 49ers that are more complete? And I would argue that the Vikings are probably a more complete team, but overall, dude, in this game, I watched, I watched a lot of this game early in the game. There was a questionable pass interference called. That went against the Lions, and I felt like that's when that defense fell apart. At what point in the game was it? Somewhere in the first quarter. I don't remember the exact minute. I should have wrote that down. Hmm. But in the first minute of the what quarter? No, in the first quarter. I didn't say first minute. I just oh, said I was going to say Jesus. Jesus. Game starts. We suck today. We suck. <laughs> no, I just. I felt like the the defensive line just, which is supposed to be that strength of that Lions defense, just did not show up. They got bullied. They really did. That offensive line just bullied them around, and then Dalvin Cook just did his thing. When Dalvin Cook gets rolling, nobody can beat this team. Like it, mean, just, it's, it's like a freaking pinball, man. Just ding, 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 yeah. and then it's just like touchdown. Yeah, and. As bad as Kirk Cousins can be, when he when he has the play action rolling with him, he's very good. And Diggs and Thielen are very good at route running and getting open when they need to come back to the ball and everything. Or just deep routes and finding the way to get their feet in. So, they're awesome. Vikings are on a roll. They're not going anywhere. Completely agree. That's about it. Um, congrats to Marvin Jones on having four touchdowns. That's pretty good. Um, him and Stafford look great. The penalties are just pretty much what killed the Lions. They got to get that figured out if they want to keep competing. They take another L here. Our next game is the Raiders versus the Packers. Uh, Mr. Rogers had himself a MVP candidate type game here. Yes, he did. Uh, <clears throat> this game was strange because they he was. They had a huge lead, and I just felt like they were just like, ah, we're not going to run the ball. We're going to just keep just tossing this pigskin around. Like, they did not give a shit. They were like, we are not running the ball. We're going to be a passing team today, no matter what. They were up by two and a half, like two scores. Like, what was it? Like, they were up by 17 or 16, 15, mm -hmm. somewhere in that area, right? Two to three scores and just whatever they wanted. And that's without Devontae Adams. It's crazy. Exactly. Uh, Josh Jacobs. I mean, if it wasn't for the lead that the Packers had and the Raiders being forced to throw the game, Josh Jacobs would have had a massive game because yeah. I felt like he was just running all over them. And if he keeps us up, this dude is going to be a problem in the NFL, like a real issue, almost like Dalvin Cook type issue. Bouncing off tackles, keeping a play alive, lowering his shoulder, feet still moving. You love to see it if you're a Raiders fan. But one thing that surprised me with the Raiders is that their defense was actually able to get pressure on Rodgers. They had a sack or two. Uh, Max Crosby came up with the old discount double check uh, in your face to Rodgers. What probably pissed him off and led him to throw another four or five touchdowns on him. But other than that, like Waller, I mean, he's the tight end for the Raiders. Signed an extension this week and then had himself a game. Like catching a touchdown along the end zone. Pat or catches along the sideline in the middle of the field and contact between defenders. Carr, you know, he has a silly fumble there at the end of the game, diving for the end zone, gets a touchback, they lose possession, and then an interception at the end. Like you take those two those two turnovers away, and this may be a closer game. I think the Packers still win. But it's just those little things that are holding the Raiders back, kind of like what we said at the beginning of the year, that this is a team that's still going to be learning 
And these are going to be the things that they have to overcome since they're so young. And I know they have Williams, but this team just desperately needs another wide receiver. And again, I know they had that plan with AB. Like, what would this team be if they had AB and everything? But they desperately need another wide receiver. Uh, they have two first-round picks this year. They will be using one on one of these studs coming out of college. 100%. Um, our next game is the Colts versus the Texans. Quite the surprise ending. I know I picked the Colts to win, but I was still surprised when I saw that they won. Really. <laughs> 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 and when you watch awesome. the game, I mean, you. I went back and watched the game tonight. And I was trying to figure out how the fucking how the Texans lost because they just looked great. Like I mean, Deshaun Watson might win MVP this year. He has looked that good and was zinging the ball down the fucking field. But Jacoby Brissett does just enough to keep them in a the game. Their defense was great or not great. Excuse me, I'm not going to put that much credit for them. Their defense was good enough to make a difference and get a turnover, especially at the end to seal it. Because if that interception isn't made or it's dropped. Deshaun Watson's winning that game for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, overall, though, Brissett played awesome. I mean, Mac, the stats may not show how good he was, but he was playing well. And the defense, I mean, with Leonard back, that Colts defense, is it's just good. It just really is. He really makes that defense, sets the tone for him. And they're going to be that team that's just, it's not fancy it's not like oh look at me look at this like they just win ball games there's always that one team heading into the playoffs that are like that and nobody wants to play them it may be the Colts this year and hopefully they can beat the Ravens and just knock them out because Lamar Jackson's looking like a stud a couple more things here about this game Eric Ebron has one-handed touchdown catch in the back of the end zone holy shit that was impressive and then the last one Chase I'm not sure if you actually saw this or not the the sack that was called on Deshaun Watson that was a touch that he eventually thrown the touchdown to Hopkins and he's evading a sack and then the defenders got one leg wrapped around and he's spinning they eventually blow the play dead Deshaun Watson some I don't think he breaks out of it but he's just standing there zings the ball across the across the stripe to Watt or to Hopkins excuse me for the touchdown like that's a tough call that's a tough situation to be in because let's say that ball isn't caught and then Watson gets hurt. We're all sitting here like, well, why wasn't the whistle blown? You know what I mean? That's similar to Patrick Mahomes' injury. Why are you doing a QB snake, a QB sneak, when your quarterback has a bum ankle? Because it's a fucking quarterback sneak. Yeah. I'm not expecting. I mean, we watch Tom Brady do it every week. Yep. We watch everyone else in the league do QB sneak after QB sneak, and I've never seen a quarterback get hurt off of it. This dude's kneecap decides to go. Hey. Uh, looks like a pretty simple play. I think I'm just going to take a... It's like that Spongebob meme. It's like, I, I'm going to head out. <laughs> that's, like, that's about what happened on the QB sneak because it was just a freak accident. Like, no one's really able to see what happened. The weight distribution, kind of one of those freak things. But you cannot blame Andy Reid on it. And if you are, shut the fuck up. Dude, QB sneak is the most successful play of all time. I mean, they got the fucking first down. Exactly. He just got hurt. Exactly. It is the most successful play of all time. Like, nothing is more successful than this. So, I mean, what are the chances that one of your own offensive linemen land on you and make that happen? Like, it's slim to none. It just happens. Yeah. It sucks. No one to blame. There's literally no one to blame. It just it happens. Exactly. Uh, our next game, the, it just kind of happens. Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals versus the Giants. Kind of had one of those it happens games against that defense on where he just kind of happened to rush for about three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, who's David Johnson? Yeah. So, really? yeah, he's injured, came in for three plays, didn't play anymore. Uh, I was actually thinking about this on the way home. With the style of offense that Kingsbury wants to run, do they trade him? Do they trade a David Johnson? <laughs> I like the way you think. I so, don't know where he's going to go, but I yes. don't know either, but huge-ass contract. I keep telling people, like, people think that he's young because he hasn't been around that long, but he was. He stayed until his senior year in college. I think he's almost 29 years old. So 
I mean, obviously David Johnson brings a lot of things to the table that not very many players do. But if you could get draft picks, if you could get defensive players, I think that they could use Edmonds. Maybe go and pick up J.H.I.E. who's coming in to uh, work out for them tomorrow. Like, go with that one-two punch. What like what more does this offense really need? I mean, they're playing very well. I said this last week. I I'm a believer in it. I, I don't know if I'm the only one, uh, but I really like what this offense is doing overall. I still think they're going to need one more weapon because Larry Fitzgerald's not going to be there forever. Probably not even next year. So they probably need one more weapon. I know that they have Butler that's on IR and uh, Isabella's not really doing much, but. Uh, so maybe, the, maybe those guys will grow, but I don't know, man. I just, I could see them like seeing what they could get out of him. And I'm not saying, oh, a third round pick, like it would have to be at least a second round pick, probably a first. And that's just very unrealistic unless somebody, somebody that's in like thinking they have a chance this year and their running back goes down and they're just like, let's just go for it. I don't think he'll be traded during the season. Me either, but. But I think a good spot there where he could go is the Houston Texans. Oh, God, I would hate that so much. Because it would be I mean, so really, though. It right? would be so good, and I would hate it so much. If he, I mean, if he stays healthy, and to answer your question on the age, he's only 27. Oh, um, only 27, so, so he's a little bit younger than I thought. Yeah, he should be right in the middle of his prime, um, especially the running back. Like This is the point where they really just kind of start turning it on before they just pff, fall off. I mean, he's already kind of on the Dadaworn trend. But, I mean, how much of it is, hey, I don't have an offensive line. This team sucks. Maybe I'm just going to kind of baby this injury a little bit longer. Hopefully I can go somewhere else or just extend my career a couple years and continue to get paid. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it's a possibility. Uh, Notes back to this game. Daniel Jones, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You make some silly decisions, and the next thing I know, you're just dropping a piece of bread right into the bread basket between two defenders for a touchdown. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, this guy's pretty good. There's another one along the sideline. Then he's standing in the pocket, keeping his head down the field, pressure around him. I mean, he makes silly decisions. He's young. It's what's going to happen. You learn from it. Kyler Murray on the other end needs to learn to throw the ball away. I love that he's keeping plays alive, similar to what I said about Josh Allen earlier. You need to learn to throw the ball away if you're just going to sit there and run circles and eventually just dive back to the inside and get sacked and lose 10 yards. And then the Cardinals' pass rush is what saved them the game. If they don't have that at the end of the game, I think Daniel Jones finds a way to come back. But that Giants offensive line could not stop freaking anything. I mean, I don't know what's easy to stop, but it doesn't matter because they wouldn't have been able to do it. No, they really couldn't have. Absolutely not. That's all I got on this game. Yep, me too. Uh, Next one, we have the 49ers versus the Redskins. Uh, They played in shitty weather. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look to anything too surprising. The defense looked good for the 49ers because the Redskins are the Redskins. Blah, 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 blah. Chase, anything you want to say? This game was hard to watch. It really was just because of the sloppiness of the weather and field. I haven't gone back and watched this game yet because I've been dreading it because of how sloppy it was. Uh, It's one game that I watched as it, you know, here and there throughout the day, but I haven't watched a ton of it. Like you would think Adrian Peterson would have a big game. I mean, he kind of did. And then he had a fumble there towards the end of the first half or end of the first quarter at one point. He had a fumble, and it really just kind of got the 49ers rolling back into it. But one question I have about it, besides the Redskins just absolutely sucking here, is Bosa, Nick Bosa, is he the defensive rookie player? Oh, my God. Defensive rookie of the year? I mean, who else is competing before it? I don't know how many sacks Bosa has. I know he's a shit ton of pressures, which is what I value more. But a lot of people, like when people are voting, they're not going to look at pressure. They're yeah. going to sex. I mean, he's even having tackles, though. Like the yeah. effort plays to keep running around the end and then wait for the running back to, you know, wait for a hole. And he's right there tackling from behind. Uh, most likely, especially with the, with the success the team is having, it's going to boost it up even more. So, yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, and Homer and me, Josh Allen's being amazing. He has he has five and a half sacks on the season, so five and five in the last four games. So he's starting to heat up. I uh, for, this is gonna sound silly of me to say, 
Like, I forget that Josh Allen is a rookie of on how well he's just played. He looks very impressive. I yeah. might take this statement back on Bosa being ro- defensive rookie of the year. If you do, I'll take it because I think I, I do think that Bosa's probably like if the season ended today, I think people would vote for Bosa. That's going to be maybe that's a good thing that that does happen because that's just going to piss Josh Allen off and he's just going to have the best career. I mean, really, because Nick Bosa is going to get hurt. I mean, I don't wish I'm, I'm just going to take that back because I'm not about to wish that on anybody and I don't want that being on me if he does get hurt. Um, our next game, the Chargers versus the Titans. I was asking myself, similar to the Colts game, how the fuck did the Titans win? Dude, so I had family photos on Sunday. And as this game, you know, as well as you could think with a nine-month-old, just not. pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty damn good. I saw his uh, pumpkin photo there. That was actually pretty fucking cute. Oh, thanks. I did. It. I did it. <laughs> that was Jasmine's idea. Props, because that was, I was looking at that like, oh man, that's a cute pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's awesome. She's very creative that way. But I literally left. I tried to like wait as long as possible until finally she was in the car honking the horn. But they were on the one yard line, <laughs> and I'm like, they got three chances. All right, Chargers won. I leave. When I get done taking pictures, I look at my phone and saw that the fucking Titans won. I was like, <laughs> how did they not score? What the fuck happened, Chargers? What happened? Um, I'm going to just say it because everybody's too scared to say it. It's time for, and I, this team is just awful all around, but it's time to find uh, your next quarterback. For the Titans? No, I'm sorry for the Chargers. Okay, yeah, it's time. It's Very time. much so. Yeah, he just. I mean, here are my notes. Here, Rivers. He has no time to throw. He makes silly decisions. I do have to give him credit here. He might win Fling of the Week because that dude can throw a sideline ball. Like maybe those are the chances he ought to start taking is between, like, if you want to make a tough throw between a defender and a defender, picture the sideline as another defender because those throws you're pretty damn good at. Whether it's Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, or Keenan Allen, looked pretty damn impressive. But when you do that down the middle of the field on your back foot and you decide to just uh, throw it, uh, you might as well just guarantee a fucking interception because that's about what he did. For the Chargers, you mentioned the end of the game. I guess they just didn't want to win. Really? Yeah. Bills Personally, up. I think they scored the second to last opportunity that they had before the fumble. I really do think that he had crossed the goal line. I don't know what happened, but it is what it is. The Chargers, they're very inconsistent. Like I said, how do they lose this game? For the Titans, Tannehill was a difference maker. Yeah. like that. He's got a stronger arm than Mariota. And it showed. He had, I think, a touchdown pass and then a couple third down conversions where he really just stepped into the pocket and let that puppy fly. And it was just boom. I think it was Corey Davis, right? This receiver that I said had a breakout season. Yeah. And he rushes me on it immediately. Yep. Yep. That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, he had actually a couple big plays here. AJ Smith was not a part of the game plan. AJ Brown. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I caught myself. <laughs> uh, I'm learning, Stephen A. Smith. What's up? That's pretty much it. Tannehill was the difference for the Titans. Their defense stepped up and made plays. Phillip Rivers is just losing it. And you do make a good point. At some point, they got to move on from the quarterback. It's just two. Yeah, it is. Uh, the the Titans' offense still just looked meh. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's still, like, even with how much better Tannehill made it look, it's still just, I I can't ever say that this team is going to go to that next level because their offense is always just meh. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to add for the Chargers? Uh, no. I don't want to. I don't want to like 
diss on Gordon and stuff because obviously he's not playing well. But I feel like the the play calling's not that good when it, it's like very predictable when he's on the field. And I don't know. I just don't love it. That makes sense. So I she's probably paused at the end because he saw me shaking my head in disgust. But I'm watching this Patriots game. Chief, are you watching it too? Yeah, I just saw the muff punt. Just, just throw in the flag. <laughs> like, just go the fuck home, bro. That's, that's, I'm not. We're not even gonna get into that. Uh, our next game here: the Saints versus the Bears. Like I said earlier, the Saints are the most complete team in the NFL right now, top to fucking bottom. Defense, secondary, linebackers, defensive line. Offense, offensive line, receivers, tight end, quarterback, running backs. You've got it figured out. Alvin Kamara didn't play, or Alvin Kamara didn't play, and Drew Brees didn't play, of course. Teddy Bridgewater looking pretty solid. The play of him rolling out to the left where he just kind of flicks it up over the top to Michael Thomas, a beautiful throw. That is the reason I fell in love with Teddy Bridgewater when he was coming out for the draft because I watched him roll out to the left for Louisville, roll all the way out to the left, and then just rear back and throw the ball, I'm not kidding you, 60 yards down the field, in the air, on a button, just boop, dropped it in there, tied it up, buttoned the shirt, and then said, you can go ahead, receiver, walk into the end zone. It's unbelievable. And I mean, yeah, he didn't throw it 60 yards, but he threw it right over the top. Teddy Bridgewater is good, and he's going to have a new home next year, especially if you're right on Hill being the new quarterback for the Saints after Drew Brees leaves. I've never once said that. Yes, I you said, have. No, I said Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. No. Yes, you have not. said. You have said Drew Brees is going to retire after this yes, year. and Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. And will, Hill is the guy because will, that will, is Peyton's I'll go guy. Find the, I'll go and find the episode for you. Please it, do. Okay. I 100% have said Teddy Bridgewater, and you said, and you said, are you sure it's not Hill? And I said, yes. Nope, other way around. And I said, are you sure it's not Bridgewater? No, no, you, dude, you're, you're mixing things up. Like you do this all the time. <laughs> I really, I, I'm, I'm dead set on this until I hear it. What, I'm pretty what are you sure. gonna give me when I'm right? Ten bucks. Okay. It's going to take a long time. We're on episode 62. Having to go back and try to find this is going to be exhausting, but I'll do it. I mean, if you really want to. If you want 10 bucks that bad. I don't even... I, I want you to say you're wrong and I'm right. That's how badly I want it. Okay, you sound like my girlfriend. Uh, moving right along here into this game. Um, special teams was an early difference for both teams. The kickoff return by Patterson. Fantastic camera angle. The only thing I would have wished differently was that it was from the back end. Like it was shown his vision that like what he sees on the cut and then, you know, breaking a tackle. Either way, that was still pretty cool. Um, the play calling by Chicago is just atrocious. Turnovers are just killing them. At the end of the game for the Bears, uh, you just you have to build off those plays. You ended on a good note. You have to build off that going forward. If you want the optimistic view of it, the Saints shut down that defense, threw all over them. And then Mitchell Trubisky, uh, yikes. Yeah. There was a reason why you and I chose for them not to make playoffs. And he is clearly the reason why. Um, Our next game that we want to go over is the Ravens versus the Seattle Seahawks, where Seattle was favored, who I picked, and they eventually did not win. Because Lamar Jackson had himself a freaking game. And Treese, I'm going to let you talk here because I feel like I've done enough. <laughs> uh, this was a hard-fought game. I really enjoyed watching some of this. And, I mean, I don't really have that much to say. I think that the game went kind of the way I expected it. I mean, I picked the Ravens to win this game. So it's kind of the way I thought it was going to end. I thought Lamar would make plays. And honestly, with his feet to kind of put this game away, his stats look a little bad passing, but he had like his receivers dropped like four balls, one of which was a wide open touchdown by Mark Andrews. So his stats would have looked a lot better uh, if not. So, I mean, the Ravens are the real deal. If people want to admit it or not with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, which seems like most people don't want to admit it, 
they're the they're going to be a problem. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be a tough out. I'm not saying that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're even make it to the AFC Championship game. I they're going to just be a tough out. It's going to be hard to beat them. And I'm right there with you, Lamar Jackson. When he even when he runs the ball, he's smart about it. Like he's not running into defenders. He's not running into hard hits. Like he's evading tackles and getting far enough up the field to where he can find an opening to slide and avoid a hit. Or if he is going to take a hit, it's kind of to the to his legs or you know to a lower like midsection part. It's not anything like up high. It's not on his throwing shoulder. It's not super low onto a knee area where there's a potential possibility of being hurt. Like he's being smart in every aspect, and he's looked great throwing the ball down the field. What are they missing to kind of just be to set them over the edge? That's a good question. I don't know. I I just say probably just add to their front seven a little bit more on the defensive side. Maybe another linebacker, offense. Maybe they just need a big-bodied wide receiver. They have kind of a lot of you know slow, 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 smaller, fast guys. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they use their tight ends as their big receivers, but could use that. But over, I don't know, man. They're kind of just like they, I feel like they like the way they're built and they're just okay with the style of offense they have. And they're, they've got it figured out, it seems like. For Seattle, um, Tyler Lockett came up with a couple big plays. One was a touchdown, one was down the field um, with not the best throws from Wilson, but good enough for him to be able to make a play on. Uh, the fumble by DK at the end, I think, is what lost the Seahawks this game. And then Russell Wilson in for the MVP race. Did that interception to Peters, did that would that maybe cost him that in the long run? It is his first interception of the year. But I mean, it really just kind of gave the Ravens what they needed to get the win. Yeah, I don't think it has that much implementation. But um I mean it it's a dagger for their hopes right there, obviously, for this game, but um I don't think it's gonna have any effect on if he wins the MVP or not. It's it's clearly down to him and Mahomes and or I mean sorry him or Watson Mahomes, depending on how long he's out is now out of that race. So I mean and Watson ended the game with a pick as well. So I don't think it really will matter. Yeah, I just wanted to ask and see what your thoughts were. Our last game of the evening that we're going to go over uh, is the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Uh, turnovers are just what killed the Eagles. The Cowboys got off to an early start and they didn't look behind. Um, Zeke looks to fully be back. Um, that was awesome for the Cowboys, something to be excited for. Uh, for the Eagles, my question is, we already went over this the, This note I have here, Nelson Aguilar, the effort play. Like you got to die for that if you truly want it. And then for the running back of the Eagles, is it Howard or is it Sanders? Like you got to figure out that situation and play calling because it's not looking good for the Eagles whatsoever. Do they have to figure it out though? I mean, they've been very successful going running back by committee. I mean, I'm, I don't want to call it success because I mean they're losing games here. I mean, like Howard sure. looks good running the ball, and then Sanders looks good catching out of the backfield. But I feel like for their offense to really get like fully functioned and moving forward. They need to figure out who's going to be the lead back in those situations of a critical third down, right? Yeah. Because it's like when you have Sanders in, everyone pretty much knows you're throwing the ball. And then with Howard, it's we're running it up the gut. That's my question with them. And then another thing I have about the, the Eagles here is Carson Wentz. Looked a lot like Joe Flacco this game. Just standing in the pocket waiting to take a hit. Like, we didn't see that elusiveness that we're kind of used to seeing on him extending a play. He did a couple times, and it looked all right. But other than that, it was he was just literally standing there forever holding the ball, waiting, like almost waiting to get hit. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just a tough game overall for the Eagles. They just, I mean, even their run defense was bad, which is like, that's like their go-to thing. Like, hey, this is always going to be the strength of this team, and – they just Cowboys ran all over them. They just weren't prepared. They weren't ready for this game. It, Cowboys were, and Eagles weren't. 
I'm not going to put too much stock into this game. I the They showed the Eagles' final six games during that game, and oh my goodness, it's... But they do play the Cowboys in it. But other than that, man, it's a cakewalk. They play Washington a couple. They play, what is it, Washington once, Giants twice, or maybe it's vice versa. I think they play the uh, Dolphins and then the Cowboys, something like that. It's just they're going to they're gonna be fighting around that 500 spot until the final month and a half of the season. And then they're going to just like win out and then make it to the playoffs. You think they eventually win the East? Um, no, I, I still think Cowboys win the East. Okay. So you think they make it as a wild card? Yeah. Damn. Like the wild card's going to come down to the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, like one of those three teams. Yep. Two of those three teams, you mean? The Packers or the Vikings. Correct. And then the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and maybe, I, maybe Carolina. And maybe Carolina. See, but I think, like, the Saints end up beating them up a little bit, and they fall down. I think the reason that one of the Rams and Seahawks don't is because they're going to beat up on each other with the 49ers. So it's going to be, like, one of the Rams. I'm going to just say the Rams because I think it's going to be the Rams. Like, so I'm going to say like it's going to be between the Rams, Packers, and Eagles. I think those three will be fighting for those two spots. And one of those teams is obviously going to be left out. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Teams better start winning. Yeah. It's, it's about time to start figuring it out. Um, and for us, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Trace, is there anything else you want to add into it before we start looking into week eight of the NFL season? No, I'm I'm excited. Uh, let's just get this ball rolling. I mean, this is this is where some teams are going to start to really fade away and then some step up. So it's an exciting time of the year. I can't believe that we're already end of October. It's nuts. But, hey. That's that's what football is. It, it goes by fast. We want it all off season, and then once it gets here, it's super quick. But uh, enough about that. So thanks for t- tuning in, everyone. Jesus Christ, I can talk. Um, but tonight we've been talking football. <laughs>